CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Hey everybody, welcome into the podcast. Thanks for hanging out with Don and myself as we talk investing, finance, and retirement here on Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash, CPA and CFP at Donald W. Cash & Associates. What's going on, my friend? How are you? Mark, doing good. How you doing? Doing pretty good, hanging in there. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. The heat is on, for one thing. Do you remember that song from, uh, I think it was in the late 80s, mid 80s? Yeah. Glenn Fry, right. I think it was. Glenn actually. Fry. Yeah. The Eagles. That's right. Uh, definitely one of his non-eagly songs. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more 80s pop, but nothing wrong with that. And uh, we got a lot to talk about here. It's the third week of May at the time we're taping this. What's going on with you? Yeah, you know, we're getting actually ready for uh, the first heat wave of the spring here you know it's been unusually cool yeah it over has. the past month or two but it's gonna be in the 80s like at least you know uh, from the midweek on for the next week and that's certainly nice right it almost feels like uh midsummer but last week was actually perfect the kind of weather i like it was in the 60s and the 70s which is nice no humidity mm -hmm. and uh, i had my first round of golf of this season which is oh, cool nice got out there and uh it was my birthday, so I figured I'm going to take my birthday off and golf. And That's right. Enjoy, yeah. enjoy the beautiful weather. It's it's probably 70 degrees. I could you know wear a nice golf shirt, shorts. It was just a perfect golf weather. Not too windy, but um, it was a great day. Like you know, time with the family and golf. And a friend of mine sent me something called a, a celebrity cameo. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, yeah, I have seen those. Now <laughs> I'm wondering because if you were golfing, who did he send you? No, it was not a golf. Oh, uh, it wasn't a golf thing? Okay. Cam, it was a baseball. Oh, nice. So, you know, I'm a lifelong Mets fan. And he sent me a Keith Hernandez celebrity cameo. I'm thinking, how did he get this done? I, yeah. I didn't get the fact that, you know, they pay for it. Yeah, but. they've got a whole thing now. they got so many people on. I think it's cameo.com or something like that. Yeah. And, yeah, and you can get all sorts of you know, people to send little private messages or little messages to people for various things. So, uh, yeah, Keith, I remember I remember laughing at him on the uh, the Seinfeld episode back That's in the day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was usually, he's, he was wishing me personal happy birthday, talking about, like, my, you know, the fun things I've done in the past, going to Met games and World Series and no hitters. I'm thinking, nice. how did my friend get the, pull this off until he told me how it works with the, these paid celebrity uh, cameo deals? And, yeah. uh, you know, you can get like ball players and actors and people to do this. So it's kind of an interesting concept, right? Yeah. No, I mean, you know, they make a little extra money and people get a little thrill out of it. They get excited. So, hey, whatever. I, when you said golf and then you mentioned that, my immediate thought was Shooter McGavin from the uh, from the Happy Gilmore movie. He does a ton of those. The actor, I, forget, I think his name is Christopher something. Uh, he does a ton of those. He's always posting those. They're pretty funny. So Yeah, those are funny movies, actually. Adam yeah. Sandler, you know, one of my clients is, uh, directs his movies. And um, apparently he's a good guy, so. I've heard that about him. His funny movies aren't very funny anymore, but, <laughs> but <laughs> he's like our age. Right? Yeah, they're not very funny. Older anymore. than you for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, you know, I'm glad you had a good birthday. We actually didn't tape last week because it was your birthday. So that's right. We we took a, a week off, but you know, even though the the weather's perfect mm -hmm. here, Mark, I, I decided to heed the words of JFK, who once said, "The time to fix the roof." is when the sun is shining. I'm not mm, sure if you ever heard yeah, that. It's no, pretty, I didn't, but that's actually genius. Yeah, It's a cool saying. So yeah. we, uh, we ordered the upgraded whole house generator that attaches to the natural gas system. Right. Um, so here's a cost-saving tip for anyone who's thinking about doing this. 
and, and the uh, electrician was kind enough to mention this. Costco offers a 10% discount, a, a shop card, essentially, if you order one of these Generac or Honeywell systems. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty significant. I mean, yeah, it's, 10%, know, it's like ten eleven thousand dollars $11,000. Yeah, that can go a long way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But the problem is, Mark, there's a six-month wait <laughs> on the installation. So our, uh, our time frame for getting this up and running is just after hurricane season here in New Jersey. Of course. That's the way it works. Perfect, Especially right? when we've got so many people not working and gas <laughs> shortages. And, uh, you know, how'd you guys do with that? We, we took a quite, uh, quite the shortage here in my state. We're just right here below you, but we had uh, almost 80% uh, of the gas stations out of gas. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so lots going on there. And so obviously those headlines over the past week have been abound about things like that and the return of inflation. Uh, we saw the numbers come out. They were higher. Energy is one of those reasons that kicked that up on there. Uh, so on the day the most recent inflation numbers were announced, the stock market also dropped 2% in that day. So uh, what's going on here? Well, you know, it's funny. The most recent um, concern about inflation, as you mentioned, came from this recent report uh, from the government on the CPI index, right. consumer price index. So it changed uh, 4.2% in April compared to a year earlier. And the, the monthly gains from March, uh, the prior month, was eight-tenths of 1%, which is quite high, actually. It was the largest annual gain um, since 2008. Right. So that was the April from last April, the largest monthly gain since way back in 1981. You know, so if you annualize that, it's close to 10%. But for those of us who remember 1981, I know you do, mm-hmm. that was Reagan's first term, first full term in the late 1970s as well. Uh, the inflation was quite high. So 4.2%, you know, it's not terribly high. Uh, the inflation rate was over 10% back then. Uh, and I think in the late 70s, it was even more than that. But I do have to laugh, Mark, when I read that the inflation rate, the CPI, it excludes food, gas, and housing. And, I mean, come and on. And lumber, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I was laughing about that with lumber. I was talking to my wife because I'm like, lumber's up 280%, and they don't even include lumber in there. So, you know, Yeah, yeah, right. Interesting stuff. Yeah, and so people, is there some things to, uh, I guess, be concerned about, you know, with that, with that being the case? You know, it can be a, a little misleading, right? When you look at the prior year, you know, after all, we're totally shut down. Right, true. Uh, for the prior year. So, you know, even the month-to-month rate increase, it shouldn't be that surprising since COVID worries seem to be uh, certainly fading away. Mm-hmm. I would expect even more robust month-to-month changes given that, um, that CDC announcement recently about masking and social distance guidelines, right? Right, right. So, you know, given the amount of stimulus as well over the past year and and lifestyle and habit changes. We've already seen, as you mentioned, tremendous inflation in housing and, and lumber prices. You just mentioned uh, gasoline, oil, cars, and, and other commodities. So I've never personally seen housing prices like this, Mark, uh, increase this fast. Yeah. I mean, in my neighborhood, they, they cleared a patch uh, of land. You know, one of my neighbors sold. He must have had like 10 acres okay. or maybe more than that right. to build like nine large homes mm-hmm. about a year ago. They have yet to break ground 
on the foundation and the structures due to the supply costs being so high. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, my nephew actually lives uh, right there uh, in uh, south in southern Jersey, kind of a Mullica Hill area there. And mm-hmm. he was like, he was going to build a house. He had bought some land about two years ago. And he's like, I can't afford to the budget I had for building the house. My, you know, my builder came back and said, yeah, that's not, that's not going to fly. It's twice that now uh, for all the materials. So it's definitely a question that people are concerned about. And, and I guess a bigger question is, is whether this inflation is short term, right? Based on the government's actions, COVID, mm-hmm. so on and so forth, or is it possibly long term? You know, I mean, we've heard terms like hyperinflation and all these different kinds of things. So what's your thoughts? Yeah, you know, that's the big question. I mean, I certainly don't per, uh, foresee hyperinflation. I don't think that's good. You know, anyone really does at this point. But, you know, the target inflation number that the government and the Federal Reserve shoot for, Mark, mm-hmm. it's about 2% annually. Okay. And most signs point to the recent inflation spike being relatively short term or transient, right? That's what they say, based okay. upon a couple of factors. One is these supply chain disruptions due to COVID shutdowns over the past year. Right. The pipeline hack you mentioned, right. I, mean, I know right. you guys were in, in the Carolinas, I mean, basically from Virginia down to Florida, yeah. we're looking at like 5 6 $7 a gallon gasoline for the past week or so. Yeah. Uh, and then we have these computer chip shortages affecting new cars. And you know, also we have a, a big increase in consumer demand from people returning back right to more normal activities. We've got a lot of excess savings over the past year now being spent and you know, frankly, a shortage of workers. Very much so, yeah. Yeah, due to these enhanced unemployment benefits, which end, uh, supposedly end in September, Mark. And, um, you know, possible, I mean, people have some possible fears of returning back to work due to um, the ongoing virus. But uh, it's interesting, going back to work, in regard to that fear, I spoke to a a client of mine recently Mm -hmm was a senior scientist at a large pharmaceutical company. He was also a head of uh, the FDA in one of our 50 states. And he said that COVID is likely to be uh, endemic as opposed to a pandemic. Right. Meaning yep. that it never really goes away. Right. It just won't have the same deadly effects. But people are, are st- certainly still very concerned. Yeah. And I think that's a great point, too, because, I mean, if you think about any... I mean, if you want to be cheesy, we could say Elton John and the Circle of Life from Lion King. But I mean, an economy, a nation, systems, you know, a world. I mean, it's a whole system of things. And when all this stuff is moving in a cyclical yeah. fashion and you pull something out, <laughs> a big chunk of it out for a year, it takes a while to get that, you know, mechanism back up and running. And so, you know, those are there's those arguments for inflation being transient, to your point. Uh, what are you hearing about the concerns of the inflation being persistent, maybe endemic? Yeah, that's a great question. That's a great point, Mark. I mean, the, the, the whole economic, you know, social ecosystem has been disrupted mm-hmm. over the past year. But in terms of the, the long-term persistent concerns, uh, Milton Friedman, uh, the, the famous Nobel-winning prize economist, stated that inflation is always a monetary phenomenon, meaning that if you print more money, you get more inflation. <laughs> well. right? Yeah, right, so he, he really got very famous in the 70s and 80s because what he had been talking about all the years prior came to fruition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the argument for systemic inflation is basically this, that we have a $30 trillion national debt and $7 trillion, almost 25% of the debt, was basically federal spending in the past year. And the reason we didn't have inflation in the start of the pandemic is this what they call this pushing on the string theory. 
So, you know, if people fear the worst and they don't have anywhere to go to spend their money, you're really not going to have inflation, but you might even have deflation, right? Because you can't push on a string to tighten it. But now we have lots of money in the economy, more activity, low interest rates, which is like rocket fuel for spending, particularly on real estate. Okay. So if that's the case, Don, it seems like that would be then an economic benefit, yet contradictory, the stock market took a drop. And I think that's where it confuses people. Mark, you're the guy who always asks these great <laughs> questions. <laughs> Why did the stock market drop if this seems like an economic benefit, right? Okay. So, yeah. you know, the stock market, you know, the people who are buying and selling in the stock market, I should say, they're concerned about sudden inflation. They call it bad inflation. Okay. Right? You, right. you hear this term, bad inflation, good inflation. But what they're referring to is, is particularly this sudden inflation is what is referred to as the bad inflation and is viewed as particularly bad for tech stocks, right? We've talked about these over the past few years, like the Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Tesla, Google uh, stocks. Mm -hmm, right. Inflation increases the borrowing costs uh, and the materials and also labor and depresses earnings. And by far the largest cost for many of these tech companies is labor, the labor cost. And they're already, you know, spending quite a bit on labor as it is, right? Because many of these companies are out on the West Coast. Sure, they pay high salaries, yeah. Yep, pay high salaries, and um, you know, and and they have to pay even higher salaries. So, if we look at other types of companies, uh, not growth companies, but value companies such as pharmaceuticals, energy, automobiles, those kind of companies, inflation is often viewed more favorably, particularly if it's not really super rapid and the price increase on their profits happens faster than with growth companies. Well, I mean, that's certainly a great reason to adhere to what our grandma was taught us, right? And not put all our eggs in one basket. Uh, we always talk about that on the show. We talk about diversification. You talk a lot about not timing the market and staying mm -hmm. disciplined, staying with the plan, right? Absolutely. And, and that's a hundred percent right. And it's really that st staying disciplined mark and diversified is really the essence of the academic approach to investing. You know, the other aspects to the inflation story that people miss is really the benefits of United States small stocks, mm. right? Versus large companies okay. and the international stocks when there's an increased inflation here in the US, like it was in the late seventies and early eighties. When large stocks suffered, the small and international stocks soared as much as 70% or more wow. in the late 1970s when the large companies were really getting beaten down. You know, we can look at these value companies like we have Toyota, right? That's mm -hmm. an international company versus General Motors. They're both car companies, but one's international and one is U.S. Okay. And nowadays versus in the 70s, they make the Toyotas here in the United States, right? Right, right. You know, Toyotas and the, and the Volkswagens and the Nissan cars. And you have a, a company like Hershey, right, versus Nestle, right? They're both food companies, both chocolate companies. Right. And one's international, one's U.S. So, although actually Nestle is the largest food company in the world. Yeah, they have a lot of other products, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And ironically, you know, about two miles west of where I live, there's a big Hershey factory and it's right near a Dunkin' Donuts uh, outlet. <laughs> they bake all the Dunkin' this Donuts trouble. for the region. And when the wind blows from uh, the west, yeah. 
it smells like coffee and donuts. Yeah, that's just trouble. That's just, oh, yeah, that's just trouble. And I'm, if you're really trying to control your, you know, your eating habits, and it's rough, man. It just uh, you get that whiff come, and it's a warm breeze, and you get the coffee and donuts. It's like you know, you're done for the day. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> well, you know, you made some good points there. Where you're talking about like some of the uh, the small and the international stocks. It seems like that could really smooth out the ride, so to speak, particularly in retirement when we are trying to preserve our savings. Which I guess again is the advantage of your now monies and your later monies and things of that nature. Uh, so, how does the inflation affect uh, some of the other things that we talk about and deal with, such as bonds? You know, you always say that bonds are like a good stabilizer or ballast to the if you, to the ship, if you will. Is inflation a concern there? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's also a, a good question. It's a great point because that's something that's often overlooked, Mark. When people think about inflation, they think about stocks. What's going to happen with the stock market? Right? It's going to affect the Dow Jones and the S and P five hundred, and they look at the stock values going down. One thing people that don't pay really enough attention to when they look at their portfolio is how the bonds react. You know, particularly over the past 20 years, we've been kind of like seduced into, you know, bonds doing quite well, all bonds uh, doing quite well because the interest rates have gone down steadily probably since, uh, I guess, almost 30 years ago now. But it really depends on what kind of bonds you own as to whether how inflation is going to affect those bonds. So, you know, think of it this way. Let's say you own a 20-year a uh, municipal bond right, or Home Depot bond, let's say, corporate bond, at 3% interest, you'd need to wait until the year 2041 to get the principal back, right? Think about it. 20 years from now is 2041. It sounds like very Jetsons, right? Very (laughs) space age. But, you know, if the interest rate goes up, let's say, back to 5% or 6%, which it wasn't that long ago, uh, for a new 20-year bond, the value of that Home Depot bond would drop. So you know, the question would be, who wants to wait 20 years for a bond at 3% if you can buy a new one at 6%? Okay, yeah. Right, so the three main factors of a bond value are the credit quality, right, whether it's a really strong company or if it's not, the coupon, which is the interest rate it pays, and the duration, which is how long it's gonna be before the bond matures. The fourth large factor, Mark, is also the current interest rate, right? So if the interest rates are low and keep getting lower, then the bond values go higher typically. But if the interest rates go up, the bond values typically go down in value. So for really a steady ballast, it's best to have high quality, short-term duration bonds. So if the bonds mature in a short period of time, you simply just buy a new one buy a new bond when it redeems at the higher interest rate. I mean, that seems logical. Diversify, rebalance, stay disciplined. It does, right, when you think about it that way, but it's sensible, but it's difficult in practice, right? It's <laughs> Like a lot it, in life, right? Yeah, like like the Dunkin' Donuts and the Nestle go. coffee <laughs> exactly. wafting in my direction. It's like, it's like the rules for weight loss, right? Eat less and move more. But the problem is, you know, our human behavior gets in the way. Right. So once often we act on our fears and worries, you know, and it's just, it's not natural to stay focused and disciplined often. And we lose our focus and discipline. And on top of that, you know, beyond the, the, uh, the money, there's a million little things to be addressed to, to uh, secure an enjoyable retirement. The things we talk about in a lot of, uh, many of the shows, like estate planning, and social security, IRAs, and, you know, the changes they're talking about with IRAs now again. Uh, tax planning, 
long-term care and gifting. And if you spend all your time worrying about the stock market and investing, often you take your eye off the ball with these other super important items. And, and often you're kind of stuck in a, a chronic state of worry. So it comes down to this, really. What's the purpose anyway for retirement life and your money? You know, when you're liberated from money worries, you can really spend time focusing on the purpose. And that's a great point. And that's a great way to end the podcast this week. The million little things that make up retirement and retirement planning. And so it's a good idea to really have, you know, have somebody on your side working with you on this stuff. It's one of the reasons we do the podcast to share some information, but also to make it available that if you need some help, Don is here to help. So reach out to him. He is a CPA and a CFP, a certified financial professional. Uh, and again, he's here to, you know, to kind of help with some of these questions, these million little things that we can have in retirement. So 800 664 Three is how you could start get started with a 15-minute strategy session, no cost or obligation. So 800-664-1183. You can stop by his main website at donaldcash.com. A lot of good tools, tips, and resources. Again, at donaldcash.com. And as always, you can subscribe to the podcast for future shows, Your Money and Your Life on Apple, Google, iHeart, Spotify, whichever you like. Just type in Your Money and Your Life in the search box of those apps. You'll pop it right up. Or go to Don's podcasting website for more information and ways to do that as well, which is doncashpodcast.com. So either way, all that's available to you. But take some action if you haven't yet, folks. Reach out today, 800-664-1183. Don, I'm going to let you get out of here. Thanks for hanging out with me this week on the show. And I'm glad you had a great birthday. Thanks, Mark. Be well. I'll talk to you next time, and we'll see you next time right here on Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash from Donald W. Cash and Associates. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash and Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.